0: Maybe the scary thing is actually not if they hate us, but what if they're just indifferent? What if they're apathetic? Not good. Not good.
1: Hello and thanks for tuning in to Your Ghost Stories. We've had a big jump in listeners and followers recently. So if you're new here, thanks for checking the show out. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we're enjoying creating it.
2: We are totally independent, self-funded and new to podcasting. But up against some corporate giants and other awesome podcasts, we recently reached 35 in the UK Apple Podcast charts and it's all down to you guys. We couldn't do it without you. Currently it costs us to keep this podcast running. But just for the price of a coffee, you can click the link at the bottom of this show and help us keep the show running smoothly. You can also find the support the show link on our website.
1: Do you want to join us on the show and share your own ghost story perhaps? Or are you keen to learn more about us? Then please visit our website, yourghoststoriespodcast.com.
2: Our guest today has dedicated his life to unravelling the mysteries that lurk in the shadows, bringing them to the forefront of our understanding through his unparalleled work as a podcaster, author and storyteller.
1: With over 65 million downloads, you've likely heard his captivating voice and storytelling prowess on his renowned podcasts, where he delves into everything from ghostly encounters to extraterrestrial mysteries.
2: Is a household name among paranormal enthusiasts and has a legion of devoted fans eagerly awaiting his next chilling tale or intriguing interview. Today, we have the privilege of delving into his own remarkable journey and experiences in the world of the unknown.
1: So, without further ado, please join me in extending a warm welcome to America's most popular paranormal podcaster, the one and only Jim Harold. Jim, it's a true pleasure to have you here and we can't wait to dive into the world you've spent a lifetime exploring. So welcome to your ghost stories.
0: Oh, well, so glad to speak with both of you. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking about some spooky stuff.
1: So firstly, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do?
0: well i am uh, a professional podcaster from the standpoint that i make uh, a living from it i've been doing uh, it full-time as my full-time job for 11 years i podcast on the paranormal i started in 2005 with a show called the paranormal podcast which i continue to do to this day and then in 2009 i started jim harold's campfire is a show that people call in and share their spooky stories And I have some other podcasts and uh, again, been doing it uh, 11 years full time, talking about spooky stuff, uh, you know, pretty much 52 weeks a year and uh, really enjoy it and really grateful for the opportunity to uh, help people share their spooky stories and and get information out about these fascinating topics.
2: What got you into the subject of the paranormal? Was it for an experience or is it something that's always sort of the topic intrigued you?
0: Well, there's a couple of different things, first of all, and I'm quite a bit older than you guys, but in the States here in the 70s, and I was very, very young. I was like in elementary school, like six, seven years old, but there was a show called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek fame. And I started watching that. And then there were a couple of family stories. I can share one of them with you if you'd like. Um, a couple of family stories that I heard from like as long as I can remember. and um they never changed. those stories never change so i think kind of that combination with some family stories and that tv show then later on uh, the states we had unsolved mysteries which was you know i love that show and uh read as much as i could and when 2005 wanted when to start to podcast decided to start podcasting I'm like why am i gonna podcast on and uh i ran through all these different ideas i thought you know The one thing always fascinates me, every time I get on a computer and looking stuff up, or I'm going into a bookshop or a library, I go right to that paranormal section. So let's do a podcast on the paranormal. And that's kind of how it got started. The interesting thing to me is I'm still just as interested in it as I ever was. And I'm just or more mystified by it. I thought in six months I'd have all the answers. I'd be like, way back in 2005, I'm like, "Eh, by the time 2006 rolls around, I'll have all this stuff figured out. Uh, No, (laughs) I've got more questions than I did when I started.
1: Before we move into your own family stories or your own stories, as one of the OG paranormal podcasters, in the 18 years that you've been podcasting, what is the most spine-chilling story that you've ever come across, and where can our listeners find it in its entirety?
0: um one called the roadhouse saloon and it is in the back catalog of my plus club but it's also uh probably the easiest and expanded version is over on youtube my youtube channel youtube.com slash jim harold and it's called um uh i'm trying to remember what it's called uh it, <laughs> it, it it's called she did she go into another uh did she enter another dimension and uh, that story, I got to tell you, that's an all time favorite. I'm really, uh, that is one that's worthy of the Twilight Zone. It really is. So that's the one I would recommend if somebody wants to hear the wildest story. And I could tell it here, but, uh, and I'm glad to do that if you want me to, but to get the full flavor of it and get the visuals and some of the pictures that go along with it, that's over at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jim Harold.
1: Let's hear the teaser for it.
0: Okay. So basically the idea is this. Um, My caller, T.I., she was in the American state of Wisconsin, went with a friend to see a band. Uh, And uh, if we're just doing the teaser, I'll just say this. They went to see the band. They were coming back home. They ended up in another bar. And T.I. and her friend barely escaped with possibly getting sucked into some alternate strange reality. So that's the teaser.
2: Definitely going to check that out after, after this show tonight, <laughs> yeah. before I fall asleep.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that one. That's really one. And the thing was, is that I had done it as audio story on uh, the show. And I believe the storyteller and most storytellers who call in, I believe they're, they're, they're telling the truth. Uh, then I went to meet her and take a camera person with me because I wanted to get a video on it because it was such a compelling story. And, uh, honestly, I am more convinced than ever, more convinced than ever. Absolutely telling the truth. And it is literally like something out of a twilight zone.
2: Yeah. I find the topic of the sort of like either another dimension or a time slip. Absolutely fascinating. There's quite a few in the UK mm-hmm. actually, um, I suppose they call them time slips, but it could be also entering another dimension, the story of a few cadets that wandered into a village and it was just desolate and it didn't look right. It looked too old and there was no one around and and they just had a weird feeling. And, yeah. And they said there's no wind blowing. Yeah. Um, and then either they get go back the way. I don't, uh, yeah, I think that they ended up going through the village. And then things slowly start to turn back to normal. But it, those sort of stories they really fascinate fascinate me.
0: Yeah, there's one we had um, that that reminds me of. It was uh, a woman who called in and talked about when she was a kid, and her and her friends used to play out in the woods behind their houses. So they were out playing in the woods, and they looked and they saw a clearing, and there was an old an old house there, uh, and they don't remember ever seeing it before. And they noticed there was this woman and a little boy who was dressed like an old-time clothing like knee pants and stuff and um the little boy kept looking at them it was from a distance and thought boy that is weird and then the mom pulled the boy inside really quickly he thought man that was weird so uh, a couple weeks later they said you know what let's go check out that old house let's see what that's all about so her and her friends go to the spot and they walk over to where the house was and there's part of a house the old foundation of a house that's obviously been torn down for many years. Did they see back in time? Uh, I don't know. Another similar story, and this one I love. This young woman was up in Vermont, our New England states, one of our New England states here in America, was going to college, and she was driving because it was about an hour from her home, and it was evening class, it was winter, it was dark, and it was cold. So anyway, this is before cell phones really took off. So her car stalled out on the freeway and she's like, well, I can't just sit here. I got to do something. So she gets out and she notices that there appears to be a gas station or what you would call petrol station over there, uh, down on the road below. So she like climbs through all these bushes and stuff and goes down to the place. And, uh, she goes in and the guy at the counter, uh, she says, I need some help. My car's up on the road. I'm stalled. I've got no way back home and I'm an hour from home or whatever and can you help me he said well we're about to close five days but the owner lives next door maybe he can help you so anyway like he just shows up she doesn't know how he shows up but he's just there and he's in coveralls and like work clothes and she told the situation can you help me?" he was older gentlemen he's like yeah sure of course let me walk up to the road with you and he went and his flashlight and his tools and looked at the car and he said well i know what's wrong with the car but i can't do anything with it now but I can give you a tow since you're far away from home. Is there a garage close to your house? And she gave him a place and it was like another, it was 30, 40 minutes from where they were at. And he said, no problem. Takes her, he takes her there to drop off the car and says, can I take you home? And that's another 20 minutes. And she's like, well, that's very nice of you. He said, no problem. Takes him home, ask for $20, which is really nothing for for all of that bother, all of that work. And he said, well, just let your family know everything's going to be okay. There's not going to be any problems. Everything will be okay with you in the car. And she thought that was kind of weird. So she goes in and just can't believe how nice this guy was. So a couple days later, she's gotten her car fixed and that's all taken care of she's going out shopping with her friends and uh they're going out generally in that direction of that service station and she says you know what let's let's drive by there i want to show you where that really nice older man helped me out he was such a nice guy and they drive by it and it's totally abandoned and it looks like it's been closed up for 20 years who was he what happened i don't know but again i get a lot of people all over the world the united states of course well yesterday i had a call from australia one from new zealand one from the uk um but i believe these people are really telling the truth and they're being very honest and just telling me their their strange experiences and it's led me to believe the world is a far stranger place than we give a credit for
1: i heard another cool story of a time slip recently on a it's a brand new bbc show here in the uk actually it's called uncanny so if anyone wants to check it out um but yeah they do i'm sure you've heard of it but yes. yeah they do some investigation into a story of a couple of people that had a crazy time like uh, a time slip experience where everything around them turned into a 1940s aesthetic so like cars people everything in the yep. shops turned mm-hmm. it, everything just looked like it was kind of 1940s yeah it's crazy stuff and that's definitely worth uh, checking out for anyone that's not heard of it
0: actually i'm going to be talking to the uh, the host danny robbins right
1: yeah i'm going to be talking
0: to him in the next couple of weeks for the shows. one of the shows my show the paranormal podcast so really interested to get to to speak with him it reminds me of multiple stories we've had one of my favorites was a, a young man um he called in he's probably in his 20s And he was uh, told the story of when he was six years old. He's walking through his hallway by his kitchen in the family home. The family home he grew up, you know, all through his teenage years. And he looks up and looks into the kitchen. And there's this looks like a man or figure wearing a black hoodie, making what appeared to be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So he runs away and, you know, he's six years old. Like, what in the world was that? So fast forward about 10 years later, this same boy who's now grown up to be, you know, a teenager, he's in the kitchen, he's dressed in his black hoodie, and he's minding his own business, making himself a nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And all of a sudden he looks out in the hall and like this little boy-like figure runs by and runs away. He saw himself in both directions you know from the future and from the past and i have multiple stories like that so i do believe there's the ability and i don't know how it works or what it is but i believe there is a glitch in the matrix and somehow some way um yeah i don't know how it works but some way i think that we do we can have these glitches where we see in the past or we see in the future i think it's and sometimes i'm wondering if ghosts not all the time but some of the times aren't necessarily the dead but they're people from the future or past and we're just getting that glimpse
1: so what do you think this experience we're having as human beings is i don't know (laughs) the age-old question isn't it that's that's why we do this (laughs) i mean that's the that's the ultimate
0: cop-out answer i guess but i guess what i would say is um i do think it hints at as i said before you know, whether there's a scientific explanation for this, you know, some people might think we're living in the simulation in a simulation and it's like a glitch in a computer game, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody knows whatever their favorite computer game is, video game. You know, if you go on the forums and stuff, people will talk about, well, if you go here, you'll run into these, uh, Uh, Non-playable characters, or you will, you know, you could go through this doorway and you're not supposed to. There's an Easter egg, or there's a glitch where you can go somewhere you're not supposed to. And I wonder, you know, if we're all a simulation, is the is it a glitch? Is it bad programming? I I mean, you know, the, the it. I think that the answer is a lot weirder than we maybe even can conceptualize. So I really believe reality is. Like, we see what we see as we go through life every day. But I don't think that tells a whole tale. I think there's a lot more going on. And it's just beyond the surface. And we can't necessarily see it.
2: Yeah, definitely. In terms of um, the film, The Matrix, I remember the first time I watched that, I, I was well i probably shouldn't have watched it i was probably too young but um <laughs> but when as as I over the years i watched it again um and you just see it with sort of like a fresh sort of like pair of eyes and it's just a lot of it's down to sort of like perceptions like it depends on how yeah. open-minded you are to the things around you because like you know when i was young i was very naive i used to believe everything that everyone told me i you know i think well i don't know right. why would anyone else sort of like want to lie sort of thing and um yeah you can quickly like um you can grow up to be in a bubble but when that bubble bursts it's really uncomfortable but yeah, there's so many things like people having like for instance um they've banged their head and all of a sudden they're like genius mathematicians or they yeah it's crazy yeah. how they unlock something isn't that
0: weird yeah
1: or speak another language <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, exactly exactly where did that come from where did that come from no that's why i'm saying is is that you know it might be science but it might be the science of the 26th century i think it was arthur c Clarke that said something like uh, advanced enough uh, paraphrasing advanced enough uh, technology is indistinguishable from magic you know you would show an iphone to a caveman um they would think oh my god and you know you show them like the little picture of flame you know like a like a lighter you'd use at a concert you would think you know oh evil uh but but that's just technology so i mean is it technology is it just science we don't understand i don't know and the thing is is that you know i don't know that we're going to have the answers by the time i'm off the scene. I hope they have the answers by the time you guys are. I hope you get to see that. But it's still fun asking the question. And there's, there's so many different explanations. And maybe one or more of them are true at the same time. Who knows?
1: So we've briefly covered the meaning of life, glitches in the Matrix. So taking a short detour before we move on to ghosts, what are your thoughts on the recent UFO hearings in the U.S.?
0: Well, I, first of all, uh, I believe my general thought on UFOs is that, you know, a large percentage of them are people who are mistaken. Um, Then there's my least favorite, the hoaxers. There's people who make stuff up, obviously. Then you've got some of it, and it's, I think, a good proportion. It's either some kind of military craft or, you know, a Starlink satellite or something in the sky that people are not lying about, but they're misinterpreting it as something that it's not when there's a perfectly good explanation. But then there's that few percent that can't be explained in any of those categories. And I definitely think there is something, whether it's extraterrestrial, which most of us kind of default to like, oh, it's aliens, which it might be. Or is it interdimensional? That could be too. Could it be time travelers? I don't know. Um, and could it be, you know, from the deep recesses of the earth, you think about these, uh, not you, not UFOs, but, uh, USOs, uh, submersible, uh, transmedium craft that go from air to the sea. Maybe they're going to sea bases or something. Who knows? I mean, but again, I think there's something very weird. And I think with the hearings, uh, I was very, um, at the time I was very ready to be disappointed. I watched the hearings. I was actually very excited and very surprised. And you had, uh, it's kind of like you have conservative and labor over there. We have Republican and Democrat. And there was a Republican congressman who sat right on the panel and said that there had been a multi-decade cover-up, which I was thought was huge coming from a congressman sitting on the panel saying there's been a multi-decade cover-up. I thought that should be headlines, which it wasn't. And you had a Democrat, which is like labor in the UK, a Democrat saying that it was time for disclosure. And I really love seeing that bipartisan spirit because we never see that in the states anymore. Uh, Everything is so polarized, unfortunately. So I I thought, this is great. You know, this is going to really break it open and so forth. And then there were efforts to, wherever they came from, to discredit uh, the whistleblower, David Grush, who said that uh, he had information and had been told from reliable sources that the U S was in possession of non-human craft. Um, so uh, actually I went from being very excited to kind of like, well, here we go again. And I think the public's attention to all this kind of thing is very short lived. You know, it's like, uh, uh, something can happen. And for a day or two, everybody's interested. And then they get back to paying their mortgage, going to their job, you know, and it's kind of forgotten about. And I think within the, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do think within the U.S. government, uh, there are multiple factions. Most of the time when we talk about the government as it relates to UAPs, we think, well, you know, the government, like it's one thing, like it's a monolith. And I don't believe that. I believe that the government has factions, just like any organization if you've ever worked for a company you know there's people who like other people and don't like other people and some people have one agenda for the company and some people have another i think the government's exactly the same way i think you have some very very powerful people who are in that camp that has been with the government so long that said we know things and that's for us to know and the public doesn't need to know and we're going to keep a tight lid on that And I think that's a large percentage of the government that has an impact on this. And then I think there's a portion who is now saying, "Let's start to let the truth out." Um, That doesn't mean you give away every national security secret or anything like that. I understand the need for uh, defense security and national security, but that if (laughs) if the U.S. government is in possession of non-human craft, the people should know. That doesn't mean you. But there blueprints of how it's made and the technology used that people should know. And I think there's people who want to get that kind of information out, whatever the government knows, within reason. And then there's people who want to keep a tight lid on it. And my guess right now is the people that want to keep a tight lid on it are still winning after all of these decades. That's my read of it.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a shame um, that really, as you say, um, we don't need to know everything. But we all pay taxes to the government and honestly we're we're not all children and i think we are entitled to learn or to at least know some things and not be like spoon-fed tiny little bits like oh there might be a microbe on this planet here and it's what right it's just uh yeah
0: (laughs) i mean too many and again i go back to very similar campfire stories and You know, I I also also say keep an open mind, but not so open your brains fall out. But I believe, for example, a campfire, you know, nobody gets paid to tell their stories. There's really no fame in it. I'm a podcast, uh, a popular podcast, but it's a podcast. It's not like anybody is going to end up on uh, national television uh, or a media star by telling their story to me. And I think the vast majority of people are very, very sincere. And I feel that way, you know, there are very credible people who have had very strange UFO sightings. Former President Jimmy Carter, for one. Uh, Another one, former President uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, I believe when he was governor of California. So there we got somebody from each side of the aisle. And one of the most compelling ones that I ever heard was a pilot who actually had been the pilot for former President Obama's campaign plane before he became president. And you've got to believe if you are carrying around a major presidential candidate, a nominee uh, uh, for the the, 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 the Democratic uh, nominee for President of the United States and somebody running for President of the United States one step away, those pilots have to be cleared to the nth degree and all kinds of security checks. So obviously this guy was very level-headed and he told the story when he was a young pilot that uh he was not piloting but i think he was acting as uh navigator first officer or something in a flight and they saw an incredible incredible ufo sighting but i believe if i remember correctly and it's been several years ago i heard about this not through my show somewhere else that actually he was told you know and this is before the obama involvement he said just keep quiet just keep quiet you know and i believe a lot of that goes on i think that uh, people see things and they're afraid to speak out because they'll be ridiculed uh, in the case of pilots or military maybe their uh, career will be hurt Uh, but i think they're definitely very smart people very credible people who report seeing ufos and they should be taken seriously
1: what if the government aren't telling us just because we're actually just probably livestock to the aliens and they're they're just just abducting us and eating us
0: i'm not i'm not that uh at least for me my theory is not that far out there i mean could it be could it be like that old twilight zone to serve man if you remember that one that was a classic it's a cookbook (laughs) it's a cookbook uh don't go uh but the thing is is that You know, there's a couple things. First of all, let's say that the U.S. did make contact of some type with the aliens in the 40s or 50s, which many people theorize is the case. There's even theories out there, and I'm not saying I agree with them, that um, President Eisenhower met with aliens. I don't know if I believe that, but that is a theory that's out there. But let's say that the U.S. knows and has been in contact with aliens. If we've been in contact with them for the last 60, 70 years, if they wanted to kill us, wouldn't they have killed us by now? On the other hand, there's people that say, Hey, you talk about the aliens, like they're a monolith. Maybe there are multiple species of aliens. Maybe they're good aliens and the bad aliens. And then here's the example that I always think of. Um, what if they're just indifferent let me give you an example let's say that there is uh, a big uh, in the states we do have a real habit of this over in the uk you keep things for many hundreds of years it's beautiful and you rehabilitate things and so forth we just rip things down and build new right because we have to make more money so uh so you know something that's very nice maybe 70 80 years old they just rip it down to build up the, the new shopping center or whatever but let's say. That there's a big anthill, okay? And they're gonna clear this land and they're gonna build a big shopping center here in the States. Do they go, you know, we really shouldn't do that because that that anthill there has a whole civilization going on. We shouldn't really disturb that. No, bring in the bulldozers. Well, think if the aliens are so much smarter than us, than we are the a- ants, and they wanna build a super highway through and Earth is in the way, they could just say, there goes that uh, there goes that little anthill that was kind of interesting, you know, uh, so maybe the scary thing is actually not if they hate us, but what if they're just indifferent, what if they're apathetic, not good
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah not 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 good at all um I mean who- who knows really, and uh, if there are those sort of like species out there, hopefully they don't ever bump into us, but um. I, I, I do think that, um, well, I don't know any, I haven't got the, um, any proof, but I do think that there are races out there that probably are in talks with a uh, deep government and keeping like an eye on us Yes, because there's so many things like, uh, in terms of our technology. Oh my
1: God. I say this all the time.
2: Um, how it jumped so massively and, and
1: why we can't go back to the moon. <laughs> we, we could do it in 1969, but we can't do it yeah. now. <laughs>
2: yeah well that's a very interesting question
1: but they threw that technology away didn't they
0: (laughs) (laughs) but but i'll give you an example like i'm in my early 50s so i'm ancient compared to you guys when i grew up we had one phone in the house it was a black telephone with a dial you know we're talking a museum piece right now i've got the iphone pro max in front of me and uh you know i can communicate with anybody in the world I can text anybody in the world. I can video with anybody in the world. It's instantaneous communication. And you talked about, you know, Apollo in 1969. This phone would crush anything that they had in terms of computing power. Just make it look like a tinker toy. So I guess what I'm saying is that really seemed to happen post-World War II. I mean, if you look at stuff that was made in the 30s and the 40s, I mean, it might have been 200 years ago. It's it's so backward. And God bless the people who were able to make that technology work and win things like World War II and do the great things they did. We stand on the shoulders of giants. It's not to be a little lemon anyway. But how we got to where we were in 1945 at the end of the Second World War to where we are in 2023, less than 100 years later, man on the moon all of the crazy stuff that we can do now, not to even mention a whole new thing that's coming up now, AI, which it's its own existential question. But how did that happen so fast? How did it accelerate so fast? Isn't there some kind of X factor? Did we reverse engineer something? I wonder, I wonder.
2: Yeah, I just to say with me, uh, I think that... Um... It's probably a strong possibility that that did happen. Not, well, not that we may never know in our lifetimes, right. but I'm sure in, when they release the files in 200 years' time, <laughs> exactly, everyone might know that, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yep. And, uh, I, I mean, I hope that we're leaning towards disclosure. I mean, again, I think the people have a right to know. And I think if it were handled the right way, and who knows with our governments, the way they handle things. But if it were handled the right way, I think people could accept it. People can, you know, the whole world was locked down in 2020, and uh, a lot of damage was done. But we survived it, and people survived, you know, wars. and uh, I think people are are survivors and are capable uh, of dealing with, you know, big paradigm shifts. So uh, I, I don't think we would just all fall to pieces if we were told this information. I think that's kind of a cop out by by the people who wouldn't want us to know that information
1: well i think a lot of governments and elite believe that they're kind of above most people and think that we're just dumb and and yeah not sure how we not sure how we'll react to it and think we can't process the information right your ghost stories your ghost stories ladies and gentlemen Hope you've enjoyed listening to part one of our fascinating conversation, Diving Into the Mind of Jim Harold. Hope you will join us next week where we change up the subject and talk ghosts, haunted objects, and hear the story of a ghost bar fight. Until then.